Hello, this is Zach Driscoll welcoming you to the Real Men Podcast. This podcast is specifically designed to equip men of all ages. My dad's heart has always been to build up men to be strong followers of Jesus and future leaders for their families. We want to build men up, not beat men up. For more Bible-centered resources like this, visit realfaith.com slash realmen. Now get ready for this week's Real Men Talk from my dad, Pastor Mark. Well, best night of the week. Welcome to Real Men. Good to see you guys. If you are new, if you are new, you're around the best guys. This is the best place to be. And so if you had a good week, we want to hear about it so we can celebrate with you. If you had a bad week, we'd like to pray for you. If you're totally confused, we'd like to help you figure it out. That's why we're here. We're those guys. We're the guys that are here for you. My name is Pastor Mark, and uh, I get the honor of preaching and teaching. And so uh, we're going through a book of the Bible called James, if you're new. We go all the way through a whole section every single weekend. And then I do a little application, a leadership talk for men. And that's what we're gonna do here in our time together. So we're only gonna deal with one sentence uh, from the book of James written by Jesus' kid brother. It comes from Proverbs chapter three, verse 34. Here it is. God opposes the proud. If you're proud, arrogant, you pick a fight with God. How many of you have tried that? And Realize God is undefeated, right? God is undefeated. We've all picked a fight with God by being proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So those are our big themes. Those are our big themes. There's uh, proud men and humble men. Now, no one can say, I'm humble. <laughs> Anybody who says they are is immediately disqualified themselves. And some of you would ask the obvious question, Pastor Mark, who are you to talk about humility? Um, no one. I... Uh, um, as a hypocrite, uh, <laughs> I've learned a few things, but not through wisdom. And so uh, I, I'm not going to tell you if I'm not going to tell you I'm humble. Uh, I'm going to tell you that when I've not been humble, it's been painful, and I've endured a lot of pain. So uh, we're going to talk about humility versus pride for men. And the truth is that most men they win at work, in sports, and business, and military, and life through pride, arrogance, bitterness, vengeance, selfishness. And what God says is, man, that is actually antithetical to my kingdom. It is the way the world works. And you're supposed to not be friends of the world because you make yourself an enemy of God. We're gonna talk a little bit about humility. I'll start with a story. So there was this uh, occasion in Mark chapter nine and 10 where a couple of the disciples come up to Jesus and they're having an argument about who's the greatest, <laughs> which just seems really weird. Like, well, my mom was a virgin. So, you know, maybe I get cussed to the front of the line. And, you know, I've seen, seen me water ski without a boat and I took a kid's lunchable and fed a stadium. You would think if they're arguing about who's the greatest with Jesus, that there really wouldn't be much of an argument. But they're arguing about which of them is the greatest. And what I love about Jesus in that moment, and, and it's a good fathering lesson. What he doesn't do is he doesn't rebuke them, he redirects them. And sometimes what you find with your sons, I said lunch with my son today and he's here some way where love you son and just saw my two sons for dinner and love you boys as well. Sometimes when you look at your son, his weakness is simply his strength misdirected. And so I used to have this uh, discussion all the time with my wife. She's like, well, they need to stop being independent. No, actually they need to be independent. At some point I want them to get off the payroll and find their own place to live, you know? <laughs> not right away, but we're gonna need them to be independent. She'd be like, well, they're very stubborn. Stubborn's not bad as long as you're stubborn for the right things. And so usually uh, for a young man, our weakness is our strength misdirected. And rather than removing that strength, that strength needs to be redirected. And so 
with Jesus, they ask the question, well, who's going to be the greatest? So what do they want? They want to be great. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's a, it's a good thing that could be misdirected. And so what Jesus need to do is have it be redirected. And he says, you want to be the greatest? Like, yeah, we do, by the way. He's like, let me tell you to do that. Uh, be the servant of all. That humility and service are the path to greatness in God's kingdom. And what God doesn't say is don't aspire to greatness. What he says is, here's how you aspire to greatness. So um, when it comes to this issue of humility, humility allows us to serve others and selfishness demands that they serve us. Okay, this is how you can, this is the simplest way to figure out in a situation by being proud or humble. Uh, pride is uh, you accommodate me, you serve me, you bless me, you help me, you obey me, you follow me, right? you, you, you encourage me. Uh, humility is I bless you, I serve you, I invest in you, I unburden you, uh, I do good for you. Okay, now how many of us in our marriage, this is the constant battle. Okay, and if you don't have this constant battle, you're single. Okay, you're a single guy. <laughs> right. and, and, and this is the constant battle in our business, in our family, in our relationships, is this war between humility and pride. And so what, what tends to happen for men, men tend not to aspire to humility because um, we tend to think of humility as someone who has no courage, has no um, fortitude, has no uh, self-motivation. Um, and that's not the case. Humility is not, let me say this, humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. Uh, that quote's attributed to C.S. Lewis, but we're not sure who actually coined it. It's not saying, uh, I have no potential. Yeah, actually you do. Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm nothing. Actually, you're made in the image and likeness of God. So it's not thinking less of yourself, it's just thinking of yourself less so that you can think more of God and others. Because if all we're ever doing is thinking about ourselves, we don't have the emotional mental space to think about God and others like our spouse or our kids. And a lot of what I talk about is gonna be being a husband and being a father, because that's where a lot of our tests come. And what this allows is if you are proud, you have to be the center. You have to be the center of attention, center of authority, center of information, center of control. Everything needs to orbit around you. Everyone needs to orbit around you. Humility takes you out of the center. It says, you know what? God is the center. That leaves room for my friends, my family, my spouse, and my kids. And what oftentimes happens for men, we get frustrated with God because he does not support our efforts to be the center. So we're like, God, I know what I want. You just need to, I, you, I'll tell you what I need. You just need to show up and answer my prayers and you know, fix my wife and get my kids straightened out and tell my boss that I've earned, you just, you know, you just need, I, I've got it all figured out, God. I'm in the center. And if everyone and everything would just obey me and orbit around me, then I would be a happier, healthier, holier man. It's not true, because that's pride. And humility isn't thinking of yourself less, it's thinking of yourself less, and it's removing yourself from the center and saying, okay, God's at the center. How can I encourage my wife, my kids, my family, my friends toward God? And if we all are approaching God, then we're going to get closer and healthier if God is at the center. And here's the big idea. Nothing can be healthy if you're at the center because you are not capable to fill the position of God. 
If God is at the center and the husband and the wife both draw near to God, they both get healthier and they get closer. Some of you, this is your story. I know many of you men are brand new Christians. You're like, man, we met Jesus. He became the center. We both started getting closer to him and like our marriage is better and, and we're healthier. Great. If Jesus is the center, you can actually raise kids and as you and your spouse and your kids get closer to Jesus, you get closer to each other and you get healthier. And the point is this, what most men want will destroy them. And that is that they would be the center. And that's what pride does. Pride tries to displace God as the center and priority and replace uh, ourselves as the center and the priority. And so when it comes to this issue of humility, let me do a little bit of theological work here. Um, humility is spoken of about 900 times in scripture. Pride is the converse. Uh, pride is spoken of in scripture. For those of you that are the Bible guys, does the Bible ever say anything good about pride? Nothing. So put the Bible down, walk it into our world culture, online, social media. Most of what is used as the concept of pride in our world, is it positive or negative? It's very positive. Here's my sexual orientation pride, my behavior pride, my group pride, my agenda pride, my cause pride, 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 pride. We even have pride month. We don't have humility month, <laughs> right? We have pride parades. We don't have humility parades. We have people, hey man, you know, I'm proud. And it's like, well, and that's, that's demonic. And the first being in the history of creation to become proud was who? Satan. There wasn't even, there wasn't even such a thing as pride until Satan became proud. And once he becomes proud, demons join him. Angels become demons, they become proud. He gets cast down to the earth. We become proud. Every one and thing that is touched by the demonic is prideful. And everything in our world is absolutely encouraging pride, and especially for men, uh, just a proud lifestyle. I, I'm the center, I'm the value, I'm important. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm in the seat of God and everyone and everything needs to orbit around me. And again, back to Proverbs three, which he quotes here in James four, and he quotes over in 1 Peter five, um, God does what to the proud? He opposes them. He literally, um, how many of you have learned that if you can't win, don't pick the fight? And if you haven't, right, find an older man and he'll tell you how this works. <laughs> If you pick pride, what you are doing is you are inviting God into a fight. I don't know about you, I, I, that's not a fight that I necessarily even wanna consider getting into. God opposes the proud, God fights against the proud. This is why some men get so frustrated. They're like, I'm working so hard. Why is it falling apart? I, I, I'm putting in so much effort and energy. Why am I not succeeding? Now, I don't, I don't know why, but it may be that you're proud. So every time you build something, God knocks it over. Every time you pursue something, God causes a dead end. And the issue might not be that what you're doing is wrong. It may be that the pursuit of your heart is misaligned. And then he says, God not only opposes the proud, what does he do for those who choose the path of humility? He gives grace to the humble. What grace is, grace is cuts to the front of the line. 
Grace is meaning you're gonna get things that you don't deserve and they're good things, right? Like you don't deserve them. God gave me a wife, what's her name? Grace, this is a reminder for me every day. Okay, I don't deserve my wife. It was a gift that God gave me, this woman, as my wife. Her name is Grace. And it's to remind me every day that this is God's grace, literally, to me. Okay? And so when it comes to pride and humility, uh, the Bible lifts up the Lord Jesus as the most humble man who's ever lived. And Jesus Christ is the greatest man who's ever lived. What does that mean? To be a great man requires great humility that humility is the path to greatness that God intends for men. So uh, it says, uh, Jesus says, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. So part of it, humility and service are connected. So if you're proud, you've come to be served. If you're humble, you've come to serve. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. So if you're humble, you serve others and you give. You're a giver, not a taker. You're a servant, not selfish. And that starts out of humility, not pride. In Philippians 2, it says that our attitude should be the same as Christ Jesus, though he was in the form of God, meaning he had all of the divine attributes as God. He humbled himself, entered into human history, took the form of a servant. And Jesus humbly serves us through his sinless life, his death, his burial, his resurrection. Right now he's ruling and reigning and he's still answering prayer. Right now, Jesus is still serving us. He's always serving us. That being said, if you want to have a good family, if you want to have a good marriage, if you want to have a good company, if we want to have a good ministry, then those who are in authority need to pursue humility. Otherwise, if all we do is choose pride, we're literally creating a culture that is hell up because hell is a culture of pride. Everyone who is proud goes there. Um, all pride is punished there. If we choose to pursue humility, then we're inviting the Holy Spirit to come down just as the Lord Jesus came down because humility comes down from above. And then what we enjoy is the culture of the kingdom of God in our marriage, in our parenting, in our, in our relationships, in our businesses, and in our ministries. A couple of things in, uh, just in summary. Pride is demonic, humility is godly. Uh, pride pulls hell up, humility invites heaven down. Pride is natural, it's just what we do as sinners. Humility is supernatural, especially in a moment where a man is being prideful and selfish. In that moment, the only way the man can be humble is if he stops and invites the Holy Spirit to supernaturally give him humility, because it's not something that he is going to muster of his own accord. Um, pride is how we war with God. Humility is how we worship God. And let me say this, uh, how many of you have heard that circumstances can humble you? You ever heard that? That's not true. Circumstances can humiliate you, but only you can humble you. You ever seen a guy go through bad circumstances and it didn't humble him at all? I know a guy like that named Mark. <sighs> all, right. all right, I mean, there are times in my life that I've said and done things out of pride and they humiliated me, but I didn't learn from them because circumstances can't humble you. Only you can humble you, right? This is why the Bible says over and over, 
humble yourself. That's what the Bible says over and over. What it doesn't say is um, circumstances will grow humility in you. It doesn't say that. Circumstances can humiliate you, but for you to be humble, you have to humble yourself. And let me say that for a man, this is one of the most difficult things because men like to have dominion over anyone and everything except for themselves, right? You're like, I don't, I don't wanna rule over my life, I just wanna rule over everybody else's life. And the only way to have humility is to rule over your own life and to humble yourself. Now, what this doesn't mean, so I'd say this about humility, humility is not, uh, it's, it's not a destination, uh, it's a constant journey. Humility is never something where you're like, finally, I'm there. It's like when Jesus says, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. There's never a day where you wake up and you're like, finally got there. <laughs> it's, a, it's a constant pursuit. And so the issue is not, am I prideful? The question is, does it bother me? And am I warring against it? Am I aware of it? Okay. A um, couple other things on pride and humility. Um, let me say this. Pride is the cause for most of our relational problems. True? Okay. If you're married and you're proud toward your wife, does that help? No. What is it? So for you guys, you're veterans, you older guys, a uh, couple tours of duty, we call those anniversaries. Um, you've been married for a little while. If you come at your wife with pride, what do you tend to get back? <laughs> pride? Uh, rounds? I mean, you know, you get a response. Because as the head, you reap what you sow. So if you come at your wife proud, she's gonna come back at you proud. Does that make it better or worse? <laughs> worse. How about your kids? Let's say you've got an issue or a conflict or a disagreement with one of your kids and you come at them with pride instead of humility, you're reaping, what are you gonna sow? Pride. You're gonna say, you're gonna raise your voice, you're gonna yell at the kid, you're gonna tell them what to do. I'm your dad, you're an idiot, da 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 The kid's like, you're a da 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 And then you get, then your pride's really triggered. You're like, oh, you're mouthy. You're mouthy. You're like, yeah. When fully trained, Jesus says disciples are like their teacher. That's your disciple. You, you've, just, you've just modeled pride. You've sown pride. Now you're reaping pride. Now what do we do as men? We double down on pride. We're like, well, yeah, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna raise my voice and it's gonna get worse. And then the kid will get more pride. And this is where fights escalate. This is why we have conflicts most of the time. We sow pride, we reap pride, then we sow more pride, then we reap more pride. This is why there are certain subjects like with your spouse that we won't even talk about. Because as soon as we put pride into that issue, it becomes explosive, it ignites. It's like, we can't even talk about that. Can't even talk about it. Because I get proud, they get proud. We just sow pride, we reap pride. And again, what pride is, pride is in the context of James three and four, he says it's earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. It's literally just 
Pride is where you're like, I'm gonna pull the culture of hell up into our marriage and life and family. We're just gonna do hell today. And sometimes proud people will even say it that way. I'm gonna give them hell. <laughs> That's not an analogy. That's a reality. They're like, you know what? I'm frustrated, you know what I'm doing? I'm, I'm giving them hell. Literally it is. It's earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. It's just pulling it up. Now, um, most of our relational problems are because of pride. That means that the answer to our relational problems is humility. Okay, so let's talk about that. As a man, let's say with your wife, your kids, your close relationships, um, you know, people in your life that are friends, what are some things that a man can intentionally say or do to sow humility instead of pride, especially when it's a difficult or you know, debated issue? There's, a, there's an issue, there's a problem, there's a tension. If we start with pride, it's literally going to just pull hell up. We're gonna burn the whole thing to the ground. If we start with humility, we can invite the Holy Spirit and we can actually resolve the problem. So what are some things practically, super practical, that a man can say or do to bring humility into that conversation. Let's pray. Prayer is where you sick the Holy Spirit on the other person. That's what prayer is. My wife used to do this to me because I, I don't know if you know this, I may have struggled with pride once. Uh, it was a long time ago, I vaguely remember. Uh, um, and so my wife learned that arguing with me, not good. I, I, uh, I verbal process, I think quick on my feet. Um, I'm, a, I'm a good arguer. And so she decided not to argue with me. Instead, what she would do, she would go pray for me. And then she would send the Holy Spirit to argue with me. And I could tell it. There were literally, I'll never forget one day, I was in uh, my study and I was angry at my wife because she was wrong. Um, <laughs> Oh, you've, you've had this experience, okay. I was angry at my wife because she was wrong. And, uh, and I just felt this deep conviction in the Holy Spirit, just like God just sent a torpedo to my soul. And I walked downstairs in the kitchen. I was like, did you pray for me again? She's like, yeah, I sick the Holy Spirit on you. That's what she does. When you start with prayer, you're inviting him in before you deal with them. So like anytime with my kids, uh, just give you a dad lesson. I'm not saying I'm the world's greatest dad. I think I did better with kids than I did with my wife. Um, but I've told you before, like, because I'm, when my kids were little, now my sons are all taller. So if I wanna discipline them, I gotta go get like a step, you know. Like, um, but when they were little, I would literally come down to their level and I'd look them in the eye, okay? That's what I do with my boys all the time. I was an old catcher, so I, you know, I can do this. And I just, I'd look him in the eye. You know what this is? Humility is literally, I'm just coming down to your level. Because you know, as a dad, you, you're just speaking down to him. Well, if your boy is gonna be proud and bow up, it's probably because he feels like you're coming down on him, so he's gonna rise up on you. So I'd literally get down and I'd look my kids in the eye, especially my sons. Because Jesus came down and what Jesus is, Jesus is God. He came down, you know what he did? He came down, he looked us in the eye. 
I mean, literally, he got out of, he didn't just look, he just didn't sit in heaven and be like, all right, boys, got stuff to tell you. He said, I'm gonna come down, look you in the eye, literally look you in the eye, and I'm gonna teach you. So I, I would get down on my son's level and I'd just look him right in the eye. And then what I would do before I talked to him, I would lay hands and pray over him. I wanna start with humility. I'm under God's authority. You're under my authority. We're all under authority. Just because I'm your dad, I'm not just in authority, I'm under authority. I've got a father too. And my father is gonna teach me how to be your father. And before I ask you to be my son, I gotta learn to be his son. So this moment is not just me teaching you, boy, it's me being the boy who's being taught by his father. So we're, we're both in school here. We're both, we're both learning. I'm learning how to be a son. You're learning how to be a son. I'm learning how to be a father for my father. And I pray over my boys. And I would start by praying uh, blessing over them and hope over them. God, thank you that I get to be their dad. God, I see greatness in them. I see destiny in them. God, they're struggling with this right now, but I think this could be redirected. I think what right now is a, a, a conflict we're having is actually a strength in their character that's misdirected and needs to be redirected. I'm trying to put dignity in them. I'm trying to put courage on them. I'm trying to put grace in them. And after I pray over them, it completely would change the corrective conversation with the child, especially with the son. Change everything. They're like, oh, yeah, no problem. Because if you sow humility, you get humility. You sow pride, you get pride. How many of you with your wife, you gotta have a hard decision. You gotta have a difficult conversation. Maybe you have a disagreement. And you're like, every time we talk about that, it just, kush, just mushroom cloud over the house. Pray together. Maybe you pray and you don't even talk about it. Maybe you just say, you know, we've talked this thing to death. We disagree. So here's what we're gonna do. Let's just pray together for a certain number of days and just pray together and then just see if we can't have a healthy conversation with one another after we've had a healthy conversation with him. Other things that a man can say or do um, to sow humility so that he can reap humility. Can I help? Serving. Again, in the Bible, humility and serving often go together. Again, Jesus says, you wanna be the greatest? Be the servant of all. I didn't come to be served, but to serve. Philippians 2, your attitude should be the same as Jesus Christ, who humbled himself and became our servant. So humility and service go together. Proud people expect others to serve them. Humble people don't mind serving. And oftentimes as men, we like getting into leadership positions so that we can delegate. <laughs> and it's not bad to delegate, but sometimes we just need to serve and not just assign everyone else to serve. Some of you grew up in a home where dad would make everybody do something except for dad didn't ever do anything except for boss everybody else around. Our God, Jesus Christ, isn't like that. He didn't come down and just give orders. He came down and he also served. So he modeled that for us. And I'll be honest, like, I didn't, I, I knew I was selfish until I got married. And then I realized I was really selfish. And then I thought I was doing better. And then we had kids. And then I realized I am a profoundly selfish person. If you don't have children yet, let me, this is not a prophecy, it's just an observation. They're an inconvenience. 
True or false? Children are an inconvenience. They are going to wet the bed in the middle of the night and they're going to come in and then they're going to wet your bed. That's what they're going to do. They are going to get sick on vacation. They're going to throw up in the car. They just, they're strategic. They are brilliantly strategic at being inconvenient. And because my wife is more of a servant, it didn't bother her so much. For me, I would get annoyed. I love my kids growing up, but they were a lot of work and inconvenience. And in those moments where I was frustrated, it was revealing in me pride. This is my blessing. They need me to serve them and they're being an inconvenience. Therefore, I'm frustrated by them rather than, um, than loving toward them. Sometimes it's just looking for ways to serve. So like what I noticed with uh, Grace when the kids were little, um, if I would just say, how can I help? What can I do? What do you need me to do? That literally changed the whole course of the night once I got home from work. And uh, because previously I'd come home and I, my so just full confession, I wouldn't ask her what I could do. I would just assume if it was really important, she'd tell me and hopefully she didn't say anything. So I was super selfish. Is it just me? Is that you? You're like, anybody else try this? You're like, she's like, you don't do anything. I was like, well, you didn't ask. I'm like, your fault, you know? So uh, <laughs> if, if you were humble enough to ask, you know what I mean? So, um, <laughs> can we pray together? How can I serve? What else can a man say or do to sow humility? Bless them with ice cream. Sometimes you start with grace on the front end. Honey, I know we've had a hard day. We need to have a big conversation. How about this? How about I order dinner? We go out, you know, let me, let me bless you. Hey, kids, we're gonna have a conversation a little bit later. How about we do dessert first and, and uh, tell me how your day went. Sometimes it's a little funny, start with ice cream, but sometimes it's literally like, if we know we've got something that's gonna be a little difficult, maybe we start with a little blessing up front a little grace, because a little grace goes a long way. Other things that a man can say or do. I'm, guys, write this down. These are the craziest two words in the English language. I'm sorry. Here's two others, my fault. Okay, now, if you're here with your dad, don't raise your hand, but how many of you never heard your dad say those words? I'm sorry, my fault. If your dad would have said that, it would have changed the whole trajectory of your relationship. I'm sorry, that's starting with humility. Pride starts with, okay, yeah, I shouldn't have said it, but let me explain why I did. Let me tell you the day that I've had. Let me put together my legal brief that defends what I've said or done. That's not humility, that's pride. Humility is simply, uh, I was wrong, I'm sorry, it's my fault. And what that does, it puts grace on it, not pride on it. Because if you come with, you know, well, that's not what I meant, or you don't understand, or I've had a long day, or let me explain it to you, and we defend ourselves, we're putting, we're sowing pride, what are we gonna reap? Pride, they're gonna like, well, if you're not, if you're not humble, I'm gonna humiliate you. Plan A is humility, plan B is humiliation. Usually if a man will take plan A, humility, the person, that they're dealing with doesn't have to respond with plan B, which is humiliation. Anything else that you can think of that a man can say or do to sow humility? Blessing 
Oh, that's the, you see, this is, I, I just learned this last year and I wish I would have known this for the first 51 years of my life. You ever had a conversation and they're explaining, but you're not really listening because you're articulating your defense or response? And how many of your wives have just said this like, I just need you to hear me, I need you to listen. So we're like, that's crazy, I'm gonna go Google that and see what that is. Uh, <laughs> you know, but James told us earlier, we should be slow to speak, quick to listen. And sometimes what that is, is I don't understand, I want to understand, please help me understand. Okay, they explain it, you're like, okay. So, okay, let me, let me, let me, let me okay, explain this to me, I don't understand this. And, and what it doesn't mean is you agree, but you're humble enough to value them as a human being. Yeah, it's that, and sometimes even in the conversation with your wife or your kids, you're like, okay, I understand how you're feeling. I, 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 I acknowledge that you're hurt, you're frustrated, you're sad, whatever the case may be. The goal is this, God opposes the proud. And let me say this, your wife is his daughter. Your kids are his kids. And so if you're going to put pride on them, what do you think he's going to put on you? Opposition. He's like, I, I'm going to, you can't do that to that girl. That's my daughter. And you can't do that to those kids. I love those kids. So the father in heaven is looking and saying, if you're gonna put pride on them, I'm going to oppose you because I need to defend them from you. God does this because he's a good father and he does love you, but he also loves others. And if you're gonna put pride on them, he needs to oppose you. But if you will put grace on them, he gives grace to you. If you'll be humble toward them, he'll put grace on you. That's what he said. God opposes the proud, he gives grace to the humble. In a similar way, think of it from the perspective of God the Father. So, um, so every, uh, every Tuesday, my, my daughter Ashley is the executive director of Real Faith, a, a Bible teaching ministry, and she's done an incredible job and I'm super proud of her. And uh, my weekly meeting with the executive director of Real Faith is Tuesday lunch with my oldest daughter. It's, it's one of my favorite things of the week. Wednesday, I get lunch with my son. Like I, I just love, yeah. so um, many of you know my son-in-law. I don't think he's in the room. Uh, this is the problem when you marry a preacher, preacher's daughter, you end up being an illustration. So uh, that's where we're at. <laughs> And I, I, uh, we get along really good. I love him very much. Uh, we get along great. If he came to me and he said, uh, hey, Mark, I really wanna, I wanna do some damage to your daughter. Could you help me? <laughs> no, I will oppose you. Okay, if he comes to me and he says, I really wanna bless and love and uh, be the best possible husband for your daughter. Answer, I'm here to help. Okay. And it, to honor him, he actually does that all the time. He'll call me all the time. He's like, okay, I love Ashley. You're her dad. Help me understand. How can I be the best husband for her right now? He's inviting me in and he's humble. And you know what I want to do with that guy? I want to put, what do you think I want to put on him? Grace. 
blessing. Like, how can I, you, you want to love my daughter? I want my daughter to be loved. Like, we're allies. You want to love my daughter? I want you to love my daughter. I want my daughter to be loved. I'm going to put grace on, how can I help? Sign me up. Consider me first in line. I, I want to be a part of this. God's a father, and you and I tend to not think from his perspective, but and again, I get up and I verbal process. I don't really have notes, so you kind of just hang in there with me. Imagine if someone spoke to your daughter the way you speak to his daughter. Imagine if someone treated your daughter the way you treat his daughter. Imagine if someone was always taking from and not giving to your daughter. Imagine if someone was just very proud and, uh, and they caused pain for your daughter. Would you oppose them or would you bless them? Then you'd have to oppose them. Don't put the father in the position where he needs to be adversarial toward you. He would rather be in the position where he can just put grace on you and bless you. But for that to happen, we need to pursue humility by the grace of God and repent of our pride. And the key is this, that a lot of men wanna be great. And the reason that a man becomes great through humility is because it's the grace of God that makes him great. And again, humility, leads to service and grace, greatness, because God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Um, I have never seen pride sown by me do anything good in my entire life. I have never seen humility do anything bad. I'm 51 years into this life. I've said and done things that I absolutely regret and would never defend. And what I find is that that every time I choose pride, I am damaging everyone and everything, including myself. And every time by the grace of God through the Holy Spirit that I try to pursue humility, everyone and everything is blessed and benefited, including me. Here's why. If Satan's in it, everybody loses. If God's in it, everybody wins. Pride, Satan's in it, everybody loses. Humility, God's in it, everybody wins. So let me close with three kinds of uh, relationships. The first is, uh, and I've shared this before, so if you're familiar with it, please bear with me. The proud and the proud, that's a battle. Two proud people in a marriage, in a friendship, in a business partnership, it's a head-on collision. It is a battle. But again, if as the head and the leader, you sow pride, what are you gonna reap? Pride. Which if you're a guy that has a lot of conflicts, like ongoing interpersonal battles, there's pride somewhere there. What happens when you have a proud person and a humble person? You have an abusive relationship. The proud person just wrecks the humble person. They dominate, they're domineering, they're overbearing. Some of you grew up in family systems where either mom or dad was the domineering, overbearing one. And none of you liked being in that environment. 
because it's abusive. The third is a humble person and a humble person, they live under the grace of God and it's a blessing. I want your life to be lived under the grace of God. I want your marriage to be under the grace of God. I want your family to be under the grace of God. I want your business to be under the grace of God. I want your ministry to be under the grace of God. And the key to that is us being honest, not asking, do I have any pride? Assume you do, just look for it. And then repent of it and ask God to forgive you and to give you a spirit of humility. Um, it's yeah, sometimes humility sounds like it's my fault. Sometimes humility sounds like, I'm sorry. Sometimes humility sounds like, hey, what can I do for you? Sometimes humility sounds like, uh, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Uh, and, and humility always sounds like, uh, can I pray for you? And so I'm gonna pray for you right now because I love you and it's an honor to teach you, man. And it's an honor to have you here. And I just wanna honor the integrity and humility that it takes to say, I'm gonna go to a men's group and I'm gonna sit under Bible teaching um, I'm gonna meet with other men and we're gonna pray together and we're gonna be honest about areas that we're struggling and maybe we need some humility and I'm gonna invite my brothers into the battle. It takes a lot of humility to do that. So I wanna honor you in that and tell you that I love you and it's a real honor to come up and teach. Um, Father God, thank you for an opportunity to be together with your men as your men. And Father, I just feel inclined in the spirit that you would give us the revelation to see our wives as your daughters and our kids as your image bearers. And Lord, if we're gonna put grace on them, you'll put grace on us. But if we put uh, pride on them instead of humility, um, you're gonna have to oppose us because we're dangerous men. And so Lord, uh, none of us can say that we're humble. All we could say is we're proud men pursuing humility by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so Holy Spirit, um, if there's anything that we need to own with our wives, kids, patterns that we need to change. Let us begin that change. And uh, as we hear a testimony of a changed life and as we spend time in prayer, uh, God, just ask for the humility that we would hear from you and that we would not be hearers of the word only, so deceiving ourselves, but that we would do what it says in Jesus' good name. Thanks, guys. Love you. Thanks for letting me teach. This is the end of today's sermon. We hope today's word encourages you to be stronger men of Christ. If you live in Arizona, I invite you to attend Real Men. We meet every Wednesday night here at the Trinity Church in Scottsdale, Arizona. For more resources like this, visit realfaith.com. And remember, it's all about Jesus.